Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hi, y'all. This is Nadia. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about self-harm, depersonalization, sexual assault, and being a survivor. Um, And so just wanted to give y'all a content warning about that and, um, you know, a virtual holding of your hand if you choose to proceed and listen on. Um, Much love and enjoy the episode. If you close your eyes right now and just get in your body, can you feel where your feet hit the floor. If you're sitting down, can you actually consciously feel where your butt is touching the chair or where your arms are hitting the armrest? Can you consciously feel all those things? These are questions that my first somatic therapist that I met with last year would ask me every time we met. And for the first few weeks of working together while I was in inpatient care was no, like I would just say, I'm not really sure. Like, first of all, the question makes no sense to me. Like, of course I'm sitting down, but I think that what those questions did do for me was bring to light what depersonalization really is at its core, which is not being in touch with your body. Um, I talk a lot about having complex PTSD with dissociation and depersonalization, which are big words, at least for me, that are rather confusing. Um, And I've talked quite a bit about dissociation on the podcast before, um, but I thought that I would talk a little bit more about depersonalization because I think the more I think about it, the more I realize how large of an impact it's had on my own relationship with my body. But this is also a celebratory episode because I think that depersonalization is something that I have really found the really powerful coping mechanisms for myself to deal with it. And I had another female founder friend with uh, that I met with t- this week for coffee, and she asked me about depersonalization. And it was the first time that I got asked about some aspect of my complex PTSD. And I felt like, oh, I can actually talk about this, like not in this. Of course, I can always talk about the symptoms, but With depersonalization, I feel like I've actually made a lot of progress in working through it. 
So as I just mentioned, right, I think for me, depersonalization was uh, was something that I had this light bulb moment of like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I have that, right? Which is most of the time I'm just not conscious of being in my body, right? I We walk around, we, uh, you know, are experiencing the world, we're going for a swim. And yet for me, it's really hard for me to focus on the body sensations that I'm currently having, right? It's by the way, why I didn't orgasm until I was like 21. Um, because even today, like, if I'm in a more anxious state or when my PTSD symptoms are a little bit elevated, the connection with my body is completely off. And that's anywhere from, you know, scratching my skin and not really feeling it, right? Maybe I might get relief of an itch I was feeling, but not really feeling it, right? It's kind of, I'm like, in this shell of a body, um, like I'm separated from my body. And I think a lot of times when I am in that more anxious state, it the best way to describe it is like watching my life on a movie where I'm conscious about what is happening in my life, but I'm not in my body experiencing it, right? And my former therapists have explained, um, you know, why this happens as, you know, part of a result of like PTSD, right? I went through these traumatic experiences when I was growing up um, with kind of daily abuse that happened on my body, abuse of my body, taking advantage of my body. And for me, you know, the one of the ways that my body and brain moved through that and survived through that was checking the fuck out, right? Was dissociating from the moment mentally, right? To be like, I'm not here. I'm not conscious about what's happening and then dissociate from my body. So depersonalize, which is, this is not my body and I cannot feel that. And I don't want to feel that. And when you think like that so many times repetitively in moments where you're traumatized, where you're really having this traumatic imprint on your brain and memory, that carries over to the rest of your life and for the rest of your life, right? And so for me, it's not just in moments where I'm feeling scared that I feel, you know, separated from my body. It's like daily, right? Like, you know, I I've, I feel like it is a really big win that I can sit here in front of a microphone recording Tigress and I can consciously feel where my butt hits the chair because I don't think I really ever thought about that nor really felt that until like a year ago um, when I started asking myself those questions actively. And, you know, for me, there are a few things that really helped me work through that initially, which were like weighted blankets always. Like I always had weighted blankets on me. Um, I would do my therapy sessions actually with heavy textbooks on my lap. And that was just meant to like try to get myself to like feel actually grounded. Um, I was kind of like basically forced to do meditation like multiple times a week for like an hour and when I did that it was like all about getting into the body like guided visual imagery and having like weights on my body on those physical sensations were like healthy ways that I started to really get back into my body which is great because historically uh depersonalization without my knowing that that is what it was called depersonalization was a really unhealthy thing in my life and i still have some of those you know the symptoms of it right which is from a really early age i've always struggled with recognizing myself in the mirror um when i look in the mirror even today like it takes me a few seconds to be like oh like that's me like that's me is that me um also you know, a lot of my trauma when I remembered it happened when I was like seven to nine years old. And so like when I even close my eyes right now and I think about what I look like in the mirror, 
I think of my nine-year-old self, like a picture of me when I was nine is like kind of like a small Chinese Asian boy, you know, like I had a bowl cut. I had no boobs. Um, you know, I like was really undeveloped puberty wise. I had some of the same facial structures, but I really had this like bobbly mushroom, like mushroom, like, you know, bowl cut. And so for me, like when I think of what I look like in the mirror, that is what I think of. And it was actually really kind of scary. You know, I used to have, I cut my hair recently to be the length of my shoulders, but for like the last 10 years, um, I kind of resisted my childhood bowl cuts by growing my hair out really long. So, um, I had my hair to like the middle of my butt. And when I would look in the mirror, I would be kind of shocked or like freaked out at the, at the start, because I'd be like, who's that? You know, like, I know that's me, but is it me, you know? And similarly, like when I would watch videos of me speaking or doing dance, I would feel like I was watching somebody else. Um, and you know, I have experienced kind of like scary body things over the last few, um, you know, the, the last decade because of depersonalization, but also depersonalizing because of those scary experiences. Right. So, you know, when I didn't feel my body through middle and high school and I wanted to feel something because it sucks to be depersonalized. It sucks to feel like you're living in a shell of an empty body. Um, I resorted to self-harm and cutting myself and creating like drawing blood and creating sensations where it wasn't a pleasurable experience. Um, and I've had small relapses of that. I actually had like a self-harm uh, episode earlier this year and I still have scars from it that I kind of reinvigorated. Um, and that was literally in February, you know, this is a completely, um, roller coaster of a lifelong journey of healing. But, you know, I think that those were moments where, because I was feeling depersonalized, I was experiencing really unhealthy, harmful behaviors. Um, and, you know, self-harm is also a factor of borderline personality disorder. Um, but then also in reverse, like when I was in, when I am in, and when I was in scary positions, right. Whether it be, I was, you know, in a scary situation in a hookup scene, right. Or, um, you know, recently if I'm really, really stressed about work or honestly, when I'm trying to go to sleep and I have those panic attacks about, you know, the instability in my life or panic attacks about flashbacks, like when I'm having those like body shaking moments, um, I depersonalize, like I just kind of check out. And, you know, when I'm having those panic attacks, Henry will be like, talk to me, talk to me, what's happening. And I literally cannot say anything. And I think part of it is that it genuinely feels like my bot, my brain is listening, but, and I can hear him asking me those questions, but I've depersonalized so much that like my brain isn't connecting to my mouth to like say the things that I want to say. And my brain isn't connecting to my body to release the tension that I want to release. Right. And it's this really scary thing that I'm still working through, um, and has been a whole part of my whole life. Right. Um, at the same time, I think that one of the things I've been thinking about, uh, in my own mental health journey is like reframing a lot of the a lot of the, uh, things that I struggle with as kind of like superpowers in my like work and, you know, independent life, which is, I think that for me, I, you know, I've grown a following of over a million followers over the last few months on TikTok. And a lot of it is by being really open with my body and sharing like, you know, this is how I shave. This is my body hair. This is my period blood. This is me on the toilet. And for me, it's really empowering. 
Diego asks, how would you love a chance to save money on your insurance? Of course you would. After all, who wouldn't love a great deal, right? And when it comes to great rates on insurance for all of the things in your life, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners, condo, or renters coverage. You could save even more with a special discount when you bundle your coverages. Plus, add the easy-to-use GEICO mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And choosing to switch to GEICO becomes an easy choice. Switch to Today and see all the ways you could save with great rates and discounts. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent and get started seeing how much you could save. This show is part of the pro-democracy podcast coalition. I think most of us agree that in a functioning democracy, the winner should be determined by the voters. Well, that almost didn't happen in 2020. Now extremists are working to intimidate and replace nonpartisan election workers with quote unquote, yes men who might reject election results. The only thing that will stop them is us. We partnered with the grassroots pro-democracy organization, Represent Us, to give you the tools you need to protect free and fair elections. Learn more and get involved. Visit represent.us slash pod to learn more. I think that, you know, in thinking about how depersonalization and dissociation, which are always going to be a part of my life, kind of relate to that superpower of mine, which is feeling like I can claim ownership of my body and really show up and be like, this is my body and I'm showing it because I'm choosing to. Um, I get asked a lot by people saying like, aren't you so embarrassed? Like, aren't you so embarrassed of showing your body like that? Like, how do you not wear makeup even, right? Like someone recently said yesterday, like, why do you have crusty nails? Because I never paint my nails and it's like always half painted. And I think my answer to that is like, well, because I have this kind of depersonalization, I went through a lifetime of feeling not connected to my body. And a lot of my healing is like reclaiming my body for myself and not subscribing to what society thinks or what other people think, what men think, what women think about my body and about me showing my body. And like anybody can try to take my body away from me. And, but the worst thing is the fact that like my PTSD has taken my body away from me. And in some ways that feels like I took my body away from myself. Right. And for me, like me, like, you know, showing my body in a way that feels empowering and exciting for me is kind of a way that I feel like I reconnect with my body in many ways, because when I post those things or when I create that content, I have to think so consciously of how I'm showing up. I um, and I'm actively thinking about what I'm doing with my body to make this content, right? Like, like even the act of, okay, I'm lifting my arm to show this and it's my decision to post it. Right. And so I don't think of it in the way of like, you know, I'm trying to get views or anything, but like, I do get this sense of empowerment when I'm like, this is my body and people are judging me for it. But like that judgment is literally minuscule in comparison to the detachment I have felt from my body for the last two decades. Right. Um, and I think that in some ways, like I am trying to kind of shift the way I think of like my, even my mental health, like diagnoses or whatever acronyms, you know, therapists want to stick on me as kind of like superpowers in my life that I'm finding in my work and like independent selfhood. Um, in terms of like how I'm, you know, coping with the personalization today, I think that there's a lot of things, right? Which is one exercise. First and foremost, I've talked about this before on the podcast, but like exercise has been my go to in, you know, at times when I'm like my disordered eating was like kind of at a high and things like that, like exercise could be a dangerous thing because I would like exercise so much obsessively. But 
more so I think growing up in the dance world, growing up dancing, being really active, like working out is the biggest coping mechanism in my whole life and has always been right. Feeling connected to my body is like learning choreography and, you know, being coached or doing workout classes where I am literally going to hurt myself if I don't pay attention to my body. Yoga saved my life and BT dubs, in case you didn't know, I'm a certified yoga teacher. Um, yoga saved my life in many ways because, you know, it was a time when I was needing to be so in my body. Otherwise I would not have balance, right? The only way to perfect your yoga practice is being so conscious of how the smallest internal muscles are moving, right? Doing a warrior one, um, is being conscious of how your front ribs are being pulled down. Your back ribs are being pulled up. You're, you know, internally rotating your, even your abs and your side muscles to like hold that position in a strong way. And for me, always wanting to improve my yoga practice or improve how like my body is building. Like I have to be so in my body, right? Currently the obsession of workout I, that I have that I literally do like five to eight, five to seven times a week uh, is solid core. And people who know solid core are like, how can you possibly do that multiple days in a row? But like, I'm a beast. No, just kidding. Not really kidding. But like, yeah, I go to solid core multiple times a day. I've gone the last five days in a row and it is game changing. And I think I've been thinking about it a lot because I'm like it, I get out of solid core and I'm so happy. I'm so in my body, but I'm also so sore because solid core is like, you know, Pilates on steroids where you're listening to really loud music and you're on the machine the whole time and you're going really slow. Right. And the whole goal of solid core is to get every part of your body. It's a full body workout. Every time you go every part of your body to total muscle failure. And the idea is you only really build muscle when you're ripping apart your muscles to regrow. Right. And so it means that I'm really sore the next day. It means that like I'm actively in pain, but like a good type of workout pain, like, you know, where you're like doing the lunge and you're like, ah, like you feel your muscle ripping apart, but it feels so good, you know? And like, maybe I do feel, I forget what the word is like sadomas. No, I don't know if that's the word, but there's a word for like, you know, enjoying that pain. And like, that is pain that I genuinely enjoy. And I feel so empowered by, and like, even I look in the mirror and I'm like, mm, my ass is growing, you know, and I feel strong. And when I walk, I feel my muscles moving. And for me, again, solid core, if I'm not paying attention to my body, I'm not paying attention to my most internal muscles that nobody even sees, nobody even will like feel, it won't even see, like detect on my body. If I'm not paying attention to those, I will fall off the machine. I will injure myself, you know? So for me, working out has been my biggest, biggest coping mechanism for depersonalization. And working out at, at times when I'm feeling really anxious is like how I really snap out of it. I think similarly, like doing workouts that are guided where I cannot have my phone are really important, where I can just like be in the present moment where like I really try to get into this mode where nothing else exists. Um, similarly with, you know, working through depersonalization, there are, there are kind of smaller tactics that I learned in rehab that I really take with me, which are like splashing my face with ice cold water, um, changing the temperature of my body. So like being really cold, like taking a cold shower for a few seconds. Um, it feels really good when I am like taking a shower. And then for the last few seconds of the shower, I put it really cold and it kind of wakes my body up. And again, it's kind of like a, a healthy tingly sensation that wakes my body up and gets me back in my body. Um, also like massages, even if that's self massage, um, I get a lot of de depersonalization and like pain and tingliness from feeling depersonalized in my neck and my back. 
And for me, using a massage gun or even like cooling gel is really helpful. So again, like changing that temperature, Tiger Balm, which also creates that heating um, temperature and kind of like a new tingling sensation, right? So for me, these are um, coping mechanisms that I have throughout every single day that I live, right? Which is always being in my body, doing work that puts me back in my body, um, working out once a day or doing something active, also listening to my body. Like when I'm hungry, I need to eat. When I need to try to go to the bathroom, even though I'm constipated and it doesn't work, trying to go to the bathroom, like listening to my body more and trying to be really conscious of what my body's asking for have all been smaller coping mechanisms on the day to day. Um, and, you know, as I've kind of touched on, like throughout this episode, I'm not talking about this in the sense of, oh, depersonalization is something that I'm completely healed from and I've worked through. I'm coming at this from the point of depersonalization has been something I've always struggled with um, after, you know, as part of my PTSD. It's something that, you know, it's really helped to have vocabulary around, like even saying the word depersonalization and sensing it in my body and be like, oh, that's what that is, right? Knowing that I can put words to it and know that it's part of me being a survivor and not because like I'm broken. Um, you know, I'm coming at this from the angle of depersonalization is something I have struggled with. It is something that I will always struggle with. And it is something that I will uh, I'm consistently, you know, seeing in my life. And it's something that I feel maybe on a daily basis. But it's also something that I'm really proud of for understanding. And it's something that I have really worked hard at in terms of finding the coping mechanisms that work for me. And maybe for those of you out there, like depersonalization, I think can happen for people in at different levels where maybe it's not even related to like physical trauma. It could be related to the fact that like we're on our phones all day and you're not really in your body. You're just consuming media. So I think that this is something that affects like so many people um, in our world where we're we're thinking about how we present ourselves for others and online living in the metaverse, which is like literally getting out of our physical body. Um, and I wanted to share this because, you know, healing is a never ending journey. And as I said, like I literally went through a self-harm episode earlier this year, which I haven't even really talked about publicly. And this is something that I'm always going to be working through. But I think I'm really proud of myself for taking these moments to be like, I am growing and I'm healing and I'm figuring it out. And I have coping mechanisms and I'm slowly building that toolbox that I need to get through those hard moments. Um, so I hope that some of those coping mechanisms maybe help, you know, help you in those moments. I would also love to hear what y'all are finding helpful. Like, again, I think so much of my healing journey has been having conversations with other people and hearing what works for them and being excited for other people's growth and also trying other things that are working for other people and seeing if it works for me. So yeah, let me know what you think. And thank you for listening to this episode of Tigress. Again, you can find us every Wednesday, uh, wherever podcasts are streamed. Uh, and so thankful for my team at DCP and my own internal team uh, for allowing this podcast to be created. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.